everybody. Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Tyler Weeb. Today, we're going to talk about binary thinking. And I'm sure if you went back through our previous episodes, this, this topic or this phrase has had to have come up at some point. But in a, in a very specialized way, I think it's, it's important to pick this apart. And I had the perfect example happen yesterday, Tyler, in that a young college student came up to me, knew who I was, knew what I did, and wanted to talk about nutrition. And as often college students are, this, this young lady who was learning about nutrition and uh, physiology, and she had her own experiences. So she had this very dogmatic thought process. Like she knew this is how nutrition works. And in her framing, a particular type of nutrition philosophy, even just intentional weight loss in general, bad, shouldn't do it. Here's why. And I said, okay, hang on a second. I love helping young people. I love talking to college students, but sit down for a second because this is, this is my world. This is what I do. This is what I've done for 30 years. So I need you to now listen to me for a couple of minutes. And I said, okay, this is your framing. This, this, this is right. And this is wrong. Binary thinking. You are a 20 some year old college student in a Midwest town. Is it right for an 80 year old? Is it right for um, a 20-ish year old in Ethiopia? Was it right for somebody 50 years ago? Is it right for somebody who has a different set of experiences than you? Is it right for somebody who has a different goal than you? And I just kept going and piling on and you just saw her kind of shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And I said, here's the lesson. Anytime you think you have something figured out, it's because you do have this binary thought. I have the answer. Our brains are wired to do that. We want to know what's right and wrong. We want to know what's a threat and not a threat. But man, that is, that is a tough place to be because you're going to back yourself into a corner. And now everybody who doesn't think like you is, is going to be anti you. And you're probably wrong for most people in most contexts. You're, you are right for you right now. That is the definition of binary thinking. And it's, I think we all go through that. You know, that's, that's part of that, you know, what's, what's classically called adolescent narcissism. And I think it takes a few punches to the face, like I softly provided uh, you know, to, to kind of learn that lesson. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably a whole other topic is how do we present, you know, complex thinking, you know, we got to do it softly, but yeah. I mean, think about it in this way. Like what's like one of the biggest questions that we like as humans ask ourselves, why are we here? Like we have to have like this, like cut and dry answer of like this big complex issue of like, why are we even here? You know, we have whole religions built off of this. We have whole societies built off of this. And so that binary thinking, like you said, is, is so hardwired into us. And I kind of like how you started to talk about how, you know, is this right for this person? And is this right for this person? Cause I did have in my notes, like it's very hard for us. I mean, myself included to fully understand that each human being that we come into contact with is having the exact same experience that we are that same human experience. They are feeling the same emotions that we do at the same level. They believe in the certain things that, you know, we, we may believe in complete opposite things, but guess what? They believe in it just as much as you do, even though they're the complete opposite. And so 
that I think is a very hard for us to be able to fathom because you start going, well, now there's six, you know, whatever, six, seven billion people on this planet. And now to think in that sense of we are all having the same experience can be very overwhelming. It can be very scary. And what do we talk about? You know, all of this time when things get scary, we retreat into what we know. We retreat into what is comfortable into our own little worldview. We seek out people that look at our, you know, have the same worldview as ours. We seek out research that has the, you know, confirmation bias. Like we want to know that we are right. We want to know that we have it all figured out when, like you said, I mean, is it right for that, you know, person in Ethiopia? Is it right for this person? And we have to understand that just because, for example, this nutrition, just because it worked for her doesn't mean that it's going to work for that other person because that person is coming with a whole different set of life experience where maybe that nutrition protocol that could maybe trigger them to binging or that could trigger them into a spiral of anorexia or, you know, what have you. And so we have to be able to, you know, take, I, I've always, you know, these principles that we know of nutrition, right? We have this umbrella and there's certain principles. Yes. You have to have enough protein, you know, fats are good, you know, et cetera. But once we start getting under that umbrella, it starts to branch out into, you know, putting it towards that individual and their own life experiences and not having this binary thinking of going, well, no, you have to do it this way because it worked for, for this person or this worked for me. That might be the complete opposite of what they need. You know, it was probably almost 10 years ago. I decided to take a turn, maybe not quite 10 years ago. When I, when I went into a master's degree for writing, I went in to learn fiction. That was going to be my primary genre. I thought, you know, just as a hobby into retirement. And I, I just ended up in my very first semester being swept back into nonfiction because of some very, very great professors in, in narrative nonfiction and so forth. And I ended up delving deeply into developmental psychology and personality psychology, which led to, you know, a lot of things you and I have shared together, neuropsychology. And, and in all of those models of thinking, because you use the phrase complex thinking, which I love. If, if anybody takes anything away from today, just think of that phrase, complex thinking. That's the antithesis of binary thinking. There, there are different levels, different dimensionalities. But I started down this path of looking at belief, like what makes people believe what they believe. You said it so perfectly that even if somebody believes the exact opposite of you, you know through evidential process that what they believe is totally, totally wrong, they still believe it with everything in them. They would die for that personal and unverified truth. And so now, flash forward, we're in 2022. Look at the last five or six years we've been through. Every other book on the market is about truth and what's, you know, quote, alternative fact. What's, you know, what's, what's anything anymore? Everybody's questioning that because simply anybody can believe anything. And down this rabbit hole of the different branches of psychology, I got to a place that I didn't even know existed, and it's called persuasion psychology. There's an entire branch of psychology just to look at how we dupe each other, how we lie to each other, how we con each other, how we try and make people believe what we believe so it makes us feel better about our beliefs, all these things. And it, it's it's very oddly almost like a business sales like 101 kind of thing, except you really see how how people are so prone 
to that, that, that path. And it comes from these binary triggers. So if I can just attach something to a value, you and I share a value and I can say, oh, this is what we believe to be true. That person doesn't. That person is now stupid. That person is now an other. That person isn't the same as us. They're second class to us. And we, we will go layer upon layer upon layer just to insulate ourselves into these binaries. And, and you know, we, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about truth. This is very related to that. But I, I think people have to come back to what you said first. Am I thinking complexly enough? If I have something that I think is really emotional to me, I'm passionate about it, I'm excited about it, it seems like there's resistance to it, and I have allies in it, like it's a thing. Maybe I need to be worried about that. Maybe if, if there's so much animosity there and passion, maybe I need to think a little bit more complexly because big, hard topics often don't have a right answer. I mean, think about you know COVID and vaccines and so forth, like how much angst there is. And every time I get two people together who don't believe the same things, and I just start with the biology and I start kind of decompressing some of those emotions... Everybody walks away saying, yeah, I get it now. I totally get it. And they may change their minds. I've had people with, with, with Instagram and Facebook posts tell me like, wow, you know, I, I'm going to go to get the vaccine after reading your post, or you've changed my mind, or you've opened this up. And it's, it's because of what you said, Tyler, it's because they just stepped back and they said, maybe I need to open my brain up to a higher level of complexity. Yeah. I mean, it forces us to not be reactionary and we actually have to sit down and think, which isn't an easy thing to do. Like, let's be honest. Like it's, it's not an easy thing. It's not maybe a very fun thing. You know, I mean, look at the rise in just people utilizing, you know, self-care and self-help through, you know, therapists and don't get me wrong. I, I love therapy. Like I'm, I'm a big advocate for therapy, but a lot of people don't like to be in their own minds and it can be a very scary place for a lot of people. And so, you know, you take into the fact that just as, you know, mammals and an and, and animal, we're, we're already emotionally reactionary for the most part. We like to have our tribe, right? It's always us versus them. I mean, that's how we basically evolved as a human species. We outlived all the other types of, you know, humanoid species. And once we get comfortable, it's very hard to get outside of that comfort zone because of just that potential inability to sit down and think complexly, you know, I, I, again, this could probably be another podcast, you know, what does that say about our society and how we are bringing up kids and, you know, let's just memorize facts and then go from there, right. Get it all down and, and away you go. But yeah, just to be able to have that non um, I don't want to say non-emotional because I think emotion is always a good thing to have in a conversation like that's that I mean that creates who we are like as human beings but it's about being able to look past that emotion of that like instant anger of oh this person disagrees with me I automatically hate them and I'm automatically going to shut down I'll listen I'll listen to them you know quote unquote but you're not actually listening right you're just have your next challenge ready to their viewpoint. You're already kind of coming up instead of actually hearing them and listening to them and trying to understand where they are coming from, from within their human experience and their viewpoint on this. 
And then that's, you know, now you get two people doing the exact same thing. And well, what do you have? You know, you get the, you know, the U.S. government <laughs> just well, yelling and fighting with each other and you know, everyone you, else. You gave the exact definition of emotional intelligence, which is it's OK to have passion. It's OK to have emotion, but you have to regulate it. You have to control it. And my question to our audience Think of, you know, you're in this space where you're probably consuming a lot of nutrition and training information, maybe, you know, performance or physique sport information. Think of the influencers that you like. Think of the people that you like to listen to and, and, and truly make a list. And, and I want you to consider as they articulate their points and they have conversations that may, may include debate. I, I've seen some podcasts now where people are getting together with, with opposing viewpoints on certain topics like training to failure and that kind of thing. And, and you have people out there who are not controlling their emotions well. They, they have very low emotional intelligence. So they're, they're angry, they're bomb throwers, they're insulting people. And then you have other people who can completely disagree, articulate their position, tell you why. And then, you know, they're okay. They don't, they don't need to convince you. They don't need to one up you in front of the audience. They're like, I presented my information. That's cool. If nobody wants to believe it, that's fine. And, and they're good. They walk away. Like their heart rate never even goes above baseline. And then there are other people that are so just full of, of emotion in, in a rageful way. And to my you know, listeners and audience here with you, Tyler, I would just say, who do you want to be? You know, in your life of, of following certain people and, and being a leader yourself, perhaps, where do you want to fall on that spectrum? You want to be somebody who can take information from all kinds of different angles and say, okay, based on maybe further information, I'll, I'll make an opinion. Maybe I'll never know the answer, but this seems to work well for these reasons. And we can all do that and still be very civil and polite. And coming back to what you said, it's okay to not have to make a binary conclusive decision right now. You can say with the evidence that I've seen so far and the people I'm listening to, I'm going to go with this, but I still have an open mind that someday it may change. Maybe more evidence, maybe more insight, maybe more experience will change my mind, but I'm okay putting all my eggs in this basket for right now, but I don't have to die on that hill. I don't have to go out and, and feel like I have to defend it and, and, and fight with people about it every day. It's okay to change your mind, right? Like, and I think we've gotten to this point where it's like, if someone changes their mind, it's like, oh, get look, like they were wrong or, you know, why should we listen to them? And if anything, I mean, granted there, yes, there may be certain people you want to be careful of and in, in, in certain contexts, but for the most part, you know, if you've got someone who, is actively changing their mind when they are presented with new evidence, that's probably someone you want to listen to because they are getting out of that binary thinking. They are willing to have that open mind of, oh, okay, maybe I didn't know, you know, this, or maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I did, or, oh, wow, the evidence completely, you know, shows something different, right? And so you, you do have to be open, you know, for that type of life experience of, of being changed. I mean, that's how we evolve. That's how we grow as a you know better human being. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, this, you know, nutrition and, and fitness and, and something, you know, all that kind of stuff, I think a very important thing for our listeners to, to remember when they're kind of going through information is if you've got someone saying, I know this is the way, or this is the only way, or this is the absolute truth for, you know, fat loss or building muscle or etc. Probably time to steer away from that person. Okay. 
I know you and I, like we've had a great opportunity to, you know, work and talk with people like Eric Helms, you know, uh, you know, Lane Norton, Paul Ravelli, like all of these, you know, Titans of the industry. And I think one of the most common things that you are going to see is it depends, right? What is the context of that person's goal of that person's life of that person's experience? Like, again, I come back to that umbrella. We have these general principles that for the most part, we know work but then it's context and we get into those layers and it's really about being flexible. And I, I, I think you said it a little bit earlier is finding the right equation that is going to work for that person that is going to allow them to reach their goals in the best way possible for that person. You know, I have, I have a funny story. Uh, I, I talked to a friend of mine who's, who's a great entrepreneur, totally different space, but, but, you know, young guy, best-selling author, like he's, he's a big deal. And uh, we're really good friends, known each other for a long time. And, and he sent me this article that he was very proud of. And it was on a topic that is in my wheelhouse. So, you know, all of my education, not his. And like I said, he wanted my approval. He's here, Joe, this, this is what I did. I'm really proud of it. And I said, well, it's really, really good writing, but I disagree with every single point you made. And so I, I, I did that intentionally as a joke to kind of be in a front but here, here's how he responded. He sent me back a link to schedule with his podcast. And he said, okay, we'll, uh, we'll discuss it tomorrow on this podcast. And, uh, and so I think that's what's, that's what, A, that's funny because it's two friends just, you know, kind of, uh, you know, bumping chess, but he also wants to pick it apart. It's like, okay, if you have an assertion to make, let's, let's talk this through and see, because I think part of, of, of his response is because he really does trust me and he thinks, okay, if I believe these things, first of all, I think Joe's probably full of shit, but you know, maybe I actually do have something to learn and I'm really looking for this conversation. I'm going to get it on tape. Like I, I want, I want this, if it's going to go down, I want this to have some value. So, so he's thinking multidimensionally complex thinking as well, but you know, he could have just said, screw you, who cares? I don't care what you think, you know? And, and, but again, he wants to dive in and see what, what I mean. And, and I think that's a very mature thing to do. Hey, opportunity to dunk on Dr. Joe. I mean, let's go, <laughs> let's go. I, I'll, I'll pay for the flight out there, whatever, it, whatever it needs. No, no, no. And, but uh, you know, it, 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 I think it's thinking complexly, like it's a skill too. Right. And it kind of comes back to what I was saying, like, it's not an easy thing to do because it does require us to, I think, know ourselves, you know, quite intimately and to be able to sit down and, you know, shift through your biases and your own experience through life and, you know, how your experience has shaped your life. That's a skill. Like that, that is very, very much a skill. You know, when we talk about, you know, neurobiology and our grooves and how, you know, we start to think one way, you know, that groove gets deeper and deeper and deeper so we're actively talking about, you know, trying to create like neural changes within our brain to start thinking differently. And just like any skill in life, like if you're starting a new skill, you're going to suck at it at first and it's not going to be a lot of fun. And I just think that's a natural disposition for a lot of people is to not really gravitate towards new skills because no one wants to suck at something, right? But we often forget we have to suck at something first before we become something, you know, pretty great. Yep. And I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up the session just by putting a bow on what you said there. My, my very first social psychology professor at Harvard 
in the very first class, she gave me an axiom that will stick with me the rest of my life. She said, the brain, where this is the premise is social psychology. So how we interact with each other is, is just it, it, your brain is like a four-year-old with a label machine, like a label gun. And every bit of stimuli going into your brain, your brain's first thing is to label it, you know, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, threat, non-threat. And that's just the first layer. Now you have to decide what you're going to do with that. How you function internally and socially is going to depend on what you do with those. And this is where the complexity comes in. So you, you as always framed it beautifully, Tyler, uh, we'll leave it there. We're going to come back to you guys in the Mind Muscle Connection next week with, with another great topic, hopefully to help you with your training, your nutrition, make sure that your lives in general are, are just more enriched. We hope you can think a little bit deeper because of this and, and just, just have a better, better social integration with everything we do. To, to me, that's in, incredibly important. That's why I love, Tyler, the fact that we call this the mind muscle connection, mm-hmm. you know, connecting ourselves to our bodies, connecting ourselves to each other. But again, thank you. And we will see you guys next time in the mind muscle connection.